can't wait to see how long the hundredth episode well well is. Like, wouldn't it be cool? Actually, it's getting longer every episode. Wouldn't it be cool if we got everybody to join in and do it? Like just a chorus of well wells. Uh, welcome, sound like a haunted house. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program. It is smoking and toasting all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. Ian, this may be. The closest to on time we've ever started the show. That's a little creepy. Yeah, Who are you and what have you done I with know, the real cruise? I know. Uh, welcome to show number 96. We are so glad to have you on board. And number 96 means, of course, we're this show and then four away from the 100th episode, the Smoking and Toasting 100th show free for all. That's going to be so it's fun. not to be missed. So it's going to so be so much awesome. fun. Yes, they'll be smoking, they'll be drinking, they'll be, you know, cats and dogs living together. It'll be craziness. <laughs> <laughs> Total it's, insanity. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, so welcome to the show. We're brought to you by B and B Butchers and Restaurant at eighteen fourteen Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. And speaking of B and B, huge and special thanks to our buddy over there, Jeremiah Butler from B and B, who was on the show last week. And that was it, a blast. It's always so much fun when Jeremiah's on the show. Uh huh. And you know, two of our biggest friends, allies, friends of the show, uh, are Jeremiah and Chris Hart from the Houston Bourbon Society, and those two guys have never met. In fact, to the best of my knowledge, they've never been in the same room together. I'm not sure. I think it may be like matter and antimatter. <laughs> I'm not sure if they can exist in the right. same place at the same time. But we'll be attempting we're, to we're gonna, do we're that. We're going to see what we can do on show number 100. Yes, we're yes. putting a super collider so, together. Yeah, I I think we should all be afraid. Be very afraid. That's going to be that's that's going to be fun. Both of those guys are so fun, and yeah. uh, just the amount of knowledge between the two. Well, that, was, yeah, that would be especially whiskey. Crazy. I mean, those two guys know more about whiskey than probably. Any hundred other whiskey people I know all combined. I mean, they're just, they're so knowledgeable. They're so good. Uh, on the show today, we'll be doing some very interesting tasting, and we've got some interesting things to talk about as well. We'll be giving you the list of 20 beers to avoid at all costs. And we'll hopefully be tasting some good ones. At least I'm. Ex- I have good. I have high expectations for today's beers that we're tasting. They look really <clears throat> interesting. Pertinalis Brewing Company's Robert Earl Keen Honey Pills. Robert Earl Keen, a Texas country music uh, Americana legend type dude. Absolutely. And uh, he is uh, also uh, known for collaborating with this brewery, Pertinalis Brewing Company from Fredericksburg, Texas, and doing uh, several really cool beers. And we'll be tasting the Honey Pills, which I think you've tried before. Uh, I have actually, yeah, and right. and uh, we'll we'll talk about it when we get the when we get this in front of us. We'll talk mm-hmm. about it. But the second beer is one that I have tried, and I've been looking for ever since. Uh, Dogfish Heads, Dragons and Yum Yums. That's that the name of the sounds beer. That's awesome. The name of the beer. Yeah. So I'll tell you the story about that, where I first tasted it, and what it's all about. Uh, but I'm excited just to have some of that because I can already tell you, I like it. And then this one, I don't think either one of us have tried yet, but I'm so stoked. Uh, Five Twelve Brewing Company out of Austin. Their double pecan porter 2017. Let me tell you something. Their pecan porter. Is something to behold. Now is, I can't wait to try the double pecan. Is porter. the regular pecan porter just their normal one that comes in the can? Is that brewed in? Uh, is it uh, aged in bourbon barrels? No, because this one is. 
Nice. <laughs> so yeah, and that and that good. one is so good. Yes, like that's, that's just that's a great. If dip. you walk into a place that has pecan porter, you and, should just order it because. Mm. And a lot of places, if you see the five one two on the tap, because they're that's what their tap mm-hmm. looks like. It's the big numbers. Uh, that's likely what it is. Right. It's I the mean, one that's that seems biggest. to get the most attention yeah. from them. So uh, so anyway, we'll be trying this. This is in a big bomber, and I'm very, very excited to be opening it and tasting it on the show. And then um, you know who Jonathan Drew is from uh, Drew Estate. He's the guy that started Acid Cigars and then uh, you know broke out with the Drew Estate line, which is Did, did you see this? Cigar. This was pointed out to me actually by my wife of all. Of all people, pointed out to me. You know the Drew Estate Natural Series cigars? Mm-hmm. Well, they're not called natural anymore. What do they call? Lotrin. What? It's the word natural backwards. Lotrin. Yes. Okay. So, I, as it was explained, now this is my wife telling me this because she looked it up because we were both curious. She loves the Drew Estate Naturals. I like them. They're, they're a mm-hmm. lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we saw them in the, uh, in the uh, recent CI catalog. Right. And, um, and it had the name backwards. We're like, what's going on? Well, apparently... With the new FDA regulations and everything, he didn't want uh, he didn't want natural to be something that they look at and go, oh, well, you're trying to sell this as some kind of thing. Oh, gotcha. So, so he, he just, called them Lotrin. He just reversed the uh, he's, label. He's a brilliant guy, and he's got his fingers in all kinds of places. I thought that was clever. Yeah. Yeah, it's, very, it's very clever. And he's built a great cigar company. I mean, their Liga Provita. Uh, oh, oh, man. God, that cigar is just Absolutely. beyond awesome. And uh, they've got the Undercrown series. Mm. Oh, my God. So good. And I enjoy the occasional acid every once in a mm-hmm. while. Uh, just when I'm in the mood for that kind of a thing, those acids. Cigars are fantastic. Well, he's now started a new company, uh, and it's not cigars. It's a John Drew Brands, and John Drew Brands makes spirits. Oh. Their first one is called Brixton Mash Destroyer. Now, he is always doing stuff that is so far out of the normal. With well, yeah, his he doesn't. He doesn't, you know, kind of go the normal path right. at all. And uh, and so that's the way he's doing spirits as well. And the John Drew Brands Brixton Mash Destroyer is a mashup of bourbon and rum. Ah. And we'll be trying it on the show today. And it's still uh, the bottle's still sealed. I have not tried this, so I'm really. And I thought curious. when you said mash that that would have referred to the mash tun of course, in the distillery. Of course, and and perhaps it does as well. But uh, interesting. Oh, double yeah. entendre. There. Yeah, double entendre. Yeah. So you also mentioned the cigar regulations. There was a major victory for the cigar side last week. In fact, it happened just after we ended last week's show. So the news is about a week old, but I want to share it anyway. We'll talk about that on the program. Uh, we'll also talk about and i'm glad uh you know your wife tiffany's here in the studio today and i'm glad she is because guinness which is one of her favorite beers is opening their first u.s brewery in 64 years wow and so i think she's going to be excited and i think you guys will be planning a vacation trip sometime in the near future (laughs) yes yes she's she's mentioned that actually a couple times plus if we have time to get to this i have one of those quizzes like you know the women's magazines have all those quizzes like the women you answer the women will answer like questions a b c or d and then uh, it tells you like what kind of uh uh, kind of fruit are you? What yes, kind of yeah. berry are you? Oh, you're a strawberry. Oh, you're, <laughs> a, you're a blueberry. Whatever. Well, for guys, we have what kind of beer are you? And I'm going to give you the quiz today, Ian. So we'll see, <laughs> so we'll see how you. I'd, I'd be so, interested to know what kind of beer I yeah, am. Yeah, I, I, I think it's I think it's going to be interesting. And I have not looked at any of these questions yet. So the stupider the better. I'm 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 sure. Uh, we, I've had an interesting week. There's a whole lot of things going on. We'll get to some of that. But uh, I, I do have to ask you, as I love to do on this portion of the show, Ian, have you smoked anything? 
interesting lately. You know, it's funny you say that because the answer is yes. And I was just looking at my notes and notice, realized notice that my the notes. The question is not have you smoked anything good? The question it's is have you smoked anything interesting? Well, yes. so my notes are gone. I don't know what happened to my notes. I can't find it on my notes. Hopefully but I can it go. was interesting enough that you remember. <laughs> well, no, I, that's fine. I mean, I can do this. <laughs> I just had, had a bunch of clever stuff written down. So don't expect me to be clever here. You're a clever enough guy. You'll be fine. <laughs> So uh, the cigar I smoked, and I smoked this last night, so it's pretty fresh in my memory. Because the cigar I picked out of my uh, humidor is um, was a uh, now I'm totally blanking. Oh, sorry, I'm just joking. It's a PDR <laughs> Pinard Del Rio. Oh, I love uh, PDR cigars. Right, and this yeah. was their Value Line Reserve. Mm, value, okay? value. I love that because that's almost like an oxymoron. Value Line. So this is not an expensive <laughs> cigar, but Reserve because it's not the regular Value Line. <laughs> right. It's the Reserve. And this is the Habano wrapper one. Okay. okay. Now, wrappers, so. so I just want to, I want to preface this. Uh, this is uh, Habano wrappers are generally a little spicy, okay? Mm-hmm. So you don't pick up a Habano wrapper if you're like, man, I like a really, really light cigar. That's mm-hmm. just not right. where you go. You go where the Connecticut or sometimes on the lighter side of Maduro's even. Mm-hmm. But um, so the Habano wrapper, you always expect a certain amount a of, spice, bit of spice, right? Yes. And, and a fullness and Some flavor. Pepperiness. And peppery, usually, definitely, yes. right. So uh, this cigar, um, the pre lights, actually, first off, the construction on this thing was really nice. Okay, That's it good. looked like a good quality cigar. That's good for a budget line cigar. Yes, a value line, I should say. Oh yeah, yeah. To preface that, even <laughs> so, we're going back mm-hmm. and then going back again. So I looked it up even before I lit this. I looked it up, and you can buy a bundle of twenty-five on the, uh, of these online for forty dollars. Really? That puts them at a dollar sixty a piece. So I want you to keep that in your mind while I'm talking about okay. the cigar. Okay. I'm looking forward to the price and quality <laughs> on this. <laughs> So first off, the construction was really, really nice. It looked great. It was a pretty kind of reddish brown like Habano generally is. Um, the pre-light sniff was very barnyard, very hay, mm-hmm. uh, and some you know classic cigar. I can enjoy that kind and, of a, a, right, a, a right. pre-light. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the, uh, the pre-light draw, I actually used a clip on this because I um, can't find my lighter that has a punch on it. Um, or oh. I chose to clip instead. <laughs> Uh-oh. No, I thought maybe I had it, but I don't. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> Darn. I was so ha- hopeful for a moment. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, but the pre light draw was very, very little resistance. It was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the draw itself had more of that uh, barnyard. There was a little pepper in it. You could taste that, mm-hmm. you, which, mm-hmm. you know, you'd expect. Um, the initial light on this had that uh, peppery kind of flavor. Uh, it was really interesting because it's like if you just put pepper on your food and tasted it, but not mm-hmm. enough pepper to be spicy. Right. So you could taste the pepper, but it's not spicy pepper. I gotcha. Right. Uh-huh. No, <laughs> that was going it's on. It's not like hot on the tongue, but you can tell it's there. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You can tell it's there, but not hot on the tongue. It's a great way to put it. And uh, so, and uh, lots of this barnyard kind of um, and hay, burning hay kind of flavor, but not in a bad way by any means. Like mm-hmm. good, good, and classic cigar. Um, the first third of the cigar uh, didn't develop much. It just it burned fantastic. Nice. We had this great, uh, this great. Um, Big, full smoke. It wasn't like a real silky smoke or anything. It had kind of a bigger mouthful. Um, and the first third of the cigar was actually pretty pretty nice overall. Yeah. And I was pretty impressed. If I, if I would have written a review of the cigar, starting stopping at the first third, we would have gotten super high reviews. The second third of the cigar, again, the burn was perfect on this thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I was amazed. For a sixty cigar, the burn, absolutely perfect. Because that's kind of what you're expecting is that the tobacco might taste yeah. okay, but probably the construction's going to suffer a little bit. So the flavor didn't ramp up much in the uh, in the middle of the cigar, but it did get a little bit of, and I don't know if you've had less expensive cigars, but there's always, to me, a little bit of cheap uh, ashtray mm-hmm. kind of taste in the, in, in the back of it. No, exactly what you're talking about. It picked about. up a little bit of that 
ashtray kind of taste. You get that a little with the JR alternatives sometimes. Right. Yeah. Now, this is not enough to be bad. Right. I t- totally know it's, it's actually not enough to be bad. I actually was like, well, hey, that's okay. It's there, but it's not that distracting. It's not, yeah. And it really didn't take that much away from the cigar. The cigar never really developed in flavor. It just stayed this one-dimension kind of thing all the way through the second mm-hmm. third, which was actually pretty good. I was okay with that. Again, this is sixty cigar. I enjoyed it tremendously for that much. Sorry, that's me. <laughs> Hello. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, when I got to the last third of this, the the pepper ramped up a little bit. This was uh, this was the absolute mildest Habano cigar I've ever had in my life. Like the pepper never really got spicy. It had a little bit of spice, but not burning spice at all. Mm-hmm. There was never any any bite to it at all. Um, and the last third of the cigar loaded up a little bit, got a little bit of that extra ashtray. I threw the cigar at about the last quarter of it. Okay, okay. I was done with it. But I gotta say. For a dollar sixty, that might be one of the best lawnmowers I've had. Really? So, so you're really considering the fact if this were a five dollar cigar, would you have been disappointed? If this was a five dollar cigar, I would have been a little disappointed. Okay. It probably would have marked a little under the five, uh, the five on the price to quality index, which would have been sixty. But at a buck sixty, I have to give it a six because. I was surprised at how good it was for a buck sixty. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. And when you can buy a bundle of twenty-five of these things for forty dollars, I mean that's that's I not bad. Yeah, I don't know if I've had a cigar that's under about two twenty-five, two fifty that I would really like. Say, I want to stock some of these in my humidor. Well, see, you know? for me, but but this sounds like it might be right for doing lawn work or when you you know you're out in the wind a lot. Sure. You know, you're talking yeah. about uh-huh. up on your balcony and stuff like that. This might be a great cigar for that situation because it didn't have bad flavors. It just had a little of that little of that ashtray was about the only distracting thing. The burn was perfect on and it. I couldn't believe it. You didn't get any of that burning newspaper aroma. None of the <laughs> burning newspaper. No notes of carpet mold. Okay, or good. good <laughs> any enough. of those things. <laughs> uh, well, I tried something pretty interesting this week uh, as well. Although it was a little more expensive, it's not—it's uh, not over the top. Um, it was the Perdomo Craft Series Stout. It's the Epicure, which is a Toro. Uh, I saw place. that in the uh, show notes, and I had to laugh because last night before I picked out the Pernardo Rio, I actually had that in my hand and was going to talk about it, and then I realized I didn't have a stout to go with it. Well, interestingly enough, I didn't have one either, but I still. Found myself wanting to try this cigar. That's a man on and, a mission. Yeah, I you know I had uh, I had already poured some Run Zascapa XO uh, rum, so I thought let's see how it goes with this. That's stout and, enough. Yeah, it's it's got a little <laughs> bit to it, so so we'll try it. Uh, it was a beautiful smooth leaf cigar, which by the way you can't necessarily tell because the way they wrap this thing, uh, it's got a sleeve that goes almost all the way up the body of the cigar. And then a label. When you buy it, and then the label. And so it goes all the way up actually to the label, and when you pull that sleeve off, there's another label like on the cigar where you know where a label would normally mm. go. So, But all you can really see is the head of it and then the long sleeve. Once I pull that sleeve off of there, though, dark Maduro wrapper, beautiful, very smooth. Um, it almost looked like uh, and I'm sure that some of this is power of suggestion, but it almost looked like a glass of Guinness. Like in, that's in, in probably intentional. Yeah, probably. Like is. Perdomo, <laughs> man, they make great cigars, and I'm sure they're paying attention to all those details. Well, and you know, Perdomo's one of those companies that I think went through a little bit of a decline, and I'm proud to say they're back in a big way, uh, and have been for a, for a little while. But I did go through 
a time where I thought their cigars weren't quite as good as they had been. Uh, not the case anymore. They've they've come roaring back, and I'm and I'm digging them. Uh, Nicaraguan tobacco for binder and filler. Uh, a dark Maduro wrapper. The pre light was rich and kind of leathery. So it kind of what you'd expect from something that's kind of touting itself as being. Uh, designed to smoke along with and pair with a craft beer, Mm -hmm. particularly a stout in this case. So I used a punch. I lit it up pretty easily. We were on our way. There was not too much flavor on the initial puffs, but once this thing got warmed up, wow. Uh, Coffee notes, uh, spice, leather, plenty of dark chocolate. So I'm sitting here thinking... Yeah, if I were drinking a stout with this right now, this would totally, totally work. It would complement uh, yeah. each other mm-hmm. a lot. And it worked well with the rum, too, by the way. Uh, so I am I am wishing, actually, and I may go buy another one of these just so I can have it with the stout. Because, <laughs> right, because right. I'm wishing that I had actually uh, that I had actually tried that. Uh, if you do pair it with the stout, I will say this. You may want to have several of them standing by because this cigar smoked very slowly and luxuriously. You know how some cigars just, you know, it seems like they smoke kind of fast, and it's not even necessarily a bad thing. This one just, I, I just felt like it took me forever uh, to smoke the cigar, and I was really happy about that. Nice. Yeah, it was It was just this very relaxing, long smoke. Give yourself at least an hour, maybe hour and a half uh, to smoke this baby. And it was a Toro, so it was, you know, large, but not a huge, right. uh, long cigar. I could easily have had at least three stacks. Well, and by contrast, the one yeah. I smoked was a Toro, and it was done with it in about 35 to 40 right. minutes exactly. max. Exactly. So it, that's, that's why I noticed the difference so mm-hmm. much on this. So, uh, But I could have easily had three stouts while I was smoking this <laughs> one, and that's and that's sipping. So uh, it's about a $7.50 cigar. I would say it is worth every penny. I'd put it at five and a half uh, price to quality with or without the beer. Um, but I, uh, in fairness, I should have another one of these and let you know how it pairs with the stout. And maybe if you've got one, maybe that can be your experiment. There we go. And, uh, yeah. you know, they make a whole series of those. So they mm-hmm. did the, not just the one for the stout, right. but they made one for an IPA. Well, actually, and a- yeah, I've got this in a sampler pack that had three different ones oh. that go with three different kinds of beers so nice. but this i think i gave you one of them and uh, uh, yeah and, you gave me the the one i was going to try last night okay. and then. yeah well this was in, in in any case uh it's a beautiful cigar at 750 it's been a five dollar cigar i'd have been jumping up and down right uh had it been a ten dollar cigar i'd have been yeah it was pretty good at 750 i'll give it a five and a half to a six so that's that's awesome there's the pita cube all right what kind of craft beer is ian We will find out uh, coming up on the program. Plus, uh, 20 beers to avoid at all costs. And what is a bourbon rum mashup? All that information is coming up, plus the latest in the cigar lawsuit. You're listening to Smoking and Toasting, show number 96, and we will be right back. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. We are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. And if you are at the Houston location, say hi to our boy Jeremiah. And he revealed they're going to be opening a new bar across the street. Directly across the street. Yeah, yeah a, a bar. A bar, kind of like a pub. He said it's going to mm-hmm. be like kind of like high end pub food and, uh, and and a bar. So I think he said it's going to be called Lemon or the Lemon Bar. Looking forward to 
being able to check that out, mm-hmm. that's going to be awesome. And that's across the street from the Houston location. So I'm sure it'll be a little while, but more details coming on that as well. Well, it is Smoking and Toasting show number 96. We'll be talking about 20 uh, beers to avoid at all costs. We'll be finding out what kind of a beer Ian is. If he were to be a beer. What kind of beer am I? Well, we'll find out. Does anyone have any ideas? Go ahead and just toss that one out on (laughs) Facebook right now. What kind of a beer is Ian? Be nice. Yeah. yeah. What kind of a beer. And I'm okay with being a stout. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah. I can see see that. See, I'm thinking of you as a barrel aged something. (laughs) I'm not sure what, though. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, so as long as I'm not a, a, a macro brew in the oh yeah that's right <laughs> you're a Michelob Ultra <laughs> oh no uh, so in a major victory for cigar aficionados uh, this week uh, this is a pretty big deal this thing is not over by any means but the cigar industry received a huge victory last week as a Washington D.C. judge issued an injunction that postpones the looming effective date for the FDA's onerous warning label scheme for cigar packaging and advertisements. So what this means is that the new uh, regulations, if they go into effect, would have to cover one-third of the cigar. The warning label would have to cover one-third of the cigar or the box of cigars. So imagine this little red thing here is a little box of cigars. The label would have to be that big. Uh, that's that's just madness. Yes, yeah, uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. And some of the uh, cigar companies have already started actually because they're worried about being able to switch up in time if the law were to go into, into effect. So they started doing it. Obviously, they'll back off if this doesn't pass. But uh, anyway, the delay is a big win for the cigar industry, uh, and it's the newest uh, development in this suit. Um, the can uh, we just change all the warning labels? By the way, to Government warning, Surgeon General's warning, you mm-hmm. are going to die. Yeah. Uh, like, simplify it. Uh, the um, the judge, I'm, I want to make sure I get this right the way that I'm reading uh, in it. The judge has presided over this case ever since it was filed in, uh, uh, okay, ever since this, this case was filed in 2016. In May, the judge ruled in favor of the FDA on some of this. However, in that very opinion, he stated Uh, his displeasure with the FDA's warning label plan, saying that it smacks of basic unfairness. So this is very interesting. So this is this, of course, is going to color the um, the whole thing. Last month, the cigar industry filed an appeal asking the court to stop the enforcement of these new warning labels, or at the very least, delay the effective date. This decision does exactly that, as the U.S. FDA has been barred from enforcing these new requirements until 60 days after the completion of the appeal. So this gives the appeal time to potentially do its thing. So uh, sources close to the situation says this delay could last a year or even several years. In the end, the court believes that the plaintiffs are entitled to a full hearing before an appellate court without the specter of these warnings being in place the whole time. So there you go. It is really Rocky Patel quoted here as saying this is unbelievable. Uh, He's been, of course, at the forefront of fighting this thing. And he says it's a great day for the handmade cigar industry. It's going to save us millions of dollars in wasted energy and time. It is a monkey off our back. Mm -hmm. So it's really, you know, we've had so much not so great news on this thing. That it's it was it was. It's really nice big. to get a little bit of a yeah, break. Yeah, a little bit of. So my question is: Okay, a warning label taking a third mm-hmm. of the packaging. I mean, forget what about, good is that actually doing? Well, first of all, forget about any kind of attractive packaging. The only good that it might do 
is make cigars not seem appealing to someone because the box is so ugly. Because this is that is that what they're going I, for? I don't know. It I just, mean, it just seems ridiculous like. Is there anybody out there that picks up a cigar and thinks this is a healthy thing for me right now? You know, that's the thing. The warning labels are there. Just like they are on, on cigarettes, uh-huh. and and there's no one. I mean, what? I can't read something that's the size that the warning labels are now. I, I can read it just fine. It's, is this more nanny state thing going on? Uh, is that what's happening? Be. It's got to be. It's, it's got to be. You know, uh, you give a government agency enough time, they will want to regulate every single every thing. single yes. part of your life. Every single part of your life. Soon will not be. It's, even, it's, soon, excuse soon will me. Not, I'm sorry? Excuse me, government. Can I go to the bathroom, please? Yeah. Soon you won't even be able to hear this sound on the show. Because they'll say it promotes uh, unsafe drinking. It'll be censored and we'll have to use yeah. this instead. <laughs> we'll have to put that over the opening of, yes. the, uh, of, the, of the can anytime, anytime we do this. Well, I have just popped open a can of Robert Earl Keane's Honey Pills. And uh, this is... A, a beer that's made by the Pernalis Brewing Company. By the way, Pernalis Brewing Company was in some financial trouble recently, and another brewer out of Austin stepped in, bought them, and kept them afloat and kept them making their wow. uh, their beers, which is which is really really cool. I understand that they didn't buy the actual brewery itself. What they bought was the the, the name and the business right. and 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 the beers. So uh, I believe these are right now being uh, custom brewed at the uh, Chellis, Cellis, Chellis, uh, Cellis, thank you, uh, brewery in in Austin. But the formula is still the same, and they're still being brewed by craft people. And uh, so this is going to be interesting. Now, you mentioned, uh, Ian, that you had actually tasted this one I before. I have tasted this one before. And Robert Earl Keane, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, and I can see if you were not like in Texas or really familiar with sort of Americana music, Robert Earl Keane is... A very witty and funny and talented songwriter and singer in the kind of Texas music scene and yes. beyond. And uh, this uh, one of his songs, one of his big songs, is "Gringo Honeymoon." It says here, "Enjoy your own Gringo Honeymoon uh, in a can." This tasty beer is made with Texas hill country honey and well water and uh, top quality hops. It is there. A, there is no doubt when you pill. smell this. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know about the honey? Well, first off, yeah, the honey is huge, and then the mineral. Like, mm-hmm. you know how some water has that mineral kind of well, smell and flavor? Well, it says here, well water. So yeah, very you much. Go. Like, yeah. you can smell that mineral in the water mm-hmm. so big. That and the honey are the biggest... It's very interesting. Uh, the biggest smells that I get. I mean, aside from your standard, there's a little maltiness in there mm-hmm. and, uh, and a few other things. But, I mean, aside from your standard, quote-unquote, beer smells... Um, like the mineral water and the honey, like you just those two things smell so good together. Well, if you look at the can, I mean, it's got like a beehive motif on it, so they are not mm-hmm. backing away from no, not this being a honey beer uh, in in any way, shape, or form. I guess my question is, you know, as as we do, and I'm trying to have some of these lighter beers on the show because it's summertime. Uh, how does this stack up as a uh, sort of a by the pool summertime beer? Would be one of my questions. So this this right here. Um, has such a smooth mm. character to it. Like it literally rolls from the front to the back of the palate and then just rolls down and leaves you with this great little honey great little kind honey of thing, yeah. uh, thing going on. But not sticky honey, just kind of a honey after uh, effervescence, if you mm-hmm. will, you know, is what it leaves you with. Uh, it's a good aftertaste, you know, like mm, not, I want another one. I've not been crazy about some of the honey liquors. 
like the honey whiskey and stuff like that hasn't really appealed to me the way that I thought that it might. Um, but this uh, this works very this very well uh, with this pilsner. It almost tastes like an amber ale to me uh, in some ways. This but, is but it's a pilsner, and this is a little bit different. Like remember when we had Spindle Tap on here and we had their honey mm-hmm. uh, ale, which was quite good, but but very different from this. This this one feels a little more summery. Right, it lighter. feels a little more like you know I'm I'm kicking around in the heat and drinking this uh, kind of thing. It's actually quite nice. And let me just freak you out a little bit. You know what would go great with this? Tell me, Stroop waffle. <laughs> if you've never had a Stroop waffle, go get one. Stroop waffle. Have you never had a Stroop waffle? Next no. time you're at uh, you're at Specs, pick up some Stroop waffles. I, I laughed because I thought maybe you were making that. No, up. I'm not joking at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> there is such a thing. I thought it was one of those things where you said that, so I'd go, "Oh yeah, I love Stroop waffles," yeah. and you go, "There's no such thing. I made no, it up." No, no, it's true. It's, it's absolutely true. They're delicious. A thing. So what yeah, is it? Thing. Well, a Stroop waffle. It's a it's it's a waffle, and it's usually filled with kind of a caramel. Kind of, it's almost like a cookie. It's, it's just, just look it up. It's amazing. I, I want one already. I'll, I'll post it later. Uh, uh, Street balls, but you can get them. I think they even had them at uh, H E B last time I was there. Interesting. Stroopwalk. Yeah, and they're they're amazing, by the way, with coffee. So, so if I walk in to a uh, to a store, I think it's a Norwegian thing, and I something say, like that. It's very. Can boring. you show me where the Stroopwaffles are? They'll they'll know what I'm talking about. Maybe. Hmm. I suppose that depends on who you ask. Yeah. <laughs> but they are delicious. So here's a great idea for a vacation getaway. It's the Durango Brew Train. The Durango Brew Train. Mm-hmm. Now you okay? So you put on here. This I love. Our, I love the show notes because I get these little teasers. I have no idea what's going on, <laughs> and I purposefully don't look it up because I want to be surprised. Yeah. I want. I want my reactions to be uh-huh. reasonably genuine. Um, but yeah. So it just says ride the craft beer train. Really, <laughs> twice a year. A luxuriously restored 1920 steam locomotive travels deep into the Colorado wilderness with local craft brewers on board hosting guided tastings. Each trip culminates in a beer and music-fueled party in the middle of the forest. Does that sound cool? That sounds awesome. (laughs) Uh, In late September, the trips depart Durango, Colorado for five-hour jaunts through the picturesque Cascade Canyon. They wind along the tree-filled Animas Valley and cross uh, the river a few hundred feet above. Local brewers from Brew, Steamworks, Ska, Animas Brewing Company, Durango Brewing Company, and Carver Brewing accompany each ride leading tastings on board and hosting a killer Bavarian-style picnic in the wilderness, which has live, music's, uh, live music from local bands. Now, I don't know if you've been to Colorado before, but there, are, beautiful. Yeah. there are places that you could actually call picturesque. Yes, there's, there's a few postcard spots there. You're, you're, not, you're not kidding. Uh, booze-fueled trains are actually becoming uh, fairly popular. Thirsty travelers can go for tequila uh, train tours of Guadalajara with Jose Cuervo. Uh, you can take the aptly named Uncorked Wine Train through North Carolina's Smoky Mountains. That sounds like fun. Or travel aboard an Adirondacks leaf-peeping uh, train liner fueled by wine and beer. So if you want to go on the Durango Brew Train, go to Durango.org. Durango.org. Yep, for tickets and prices, and you'll uh, you'll enjoy it. Think how much fun that would be. 
That would be a blast. You know, five hours on board the train. You don't have to worry about you're just you're just watching the beautiful scenery and tasting some brews. Look at my wife's face over there. She's <laughs> like she's making this face. She's like yeah, yeah. So I'm giving you all kinds Note of vacation to self, ideas. Right? I'm giving you all kinds of vacation ideas on the show today. All right, coming up, we will find out what beer Ian is, what kind of craft beer he is. Uh, plus, we'll be tasting something called Dragons and Yum Yums. But before you dismiss it as just some fruity, you know, toss-off kind of a beer, it's from Dogfish Head, and we'll try it next. Dogfish Head, smoking and toasting, show number ninety-six. Smoking and toasting. It's show number ninety-six. Uh, we will be getting to twenty beers to avoid at all costs coming up. Plus, we'll find out what kind of a uh, of a beer, craft beer, Ian is. You know, my wife already chimed in on that. She sent me a picture of the. Uh uh, you remember the picture I sent you last week of the Natty Daddy? Oh yes, yes. Have you seen it? so? So if you're not familiar with what Natty is, Natty is natural, uh-huh. right? And, and you may have heard of Natty Light. That's Natty probably, Light, right? That's more like well natural known light. Natty, yeah, and that's that's some lowbrow beer right yes, there. Yes, it is. And well, you found how many? I found. <laughs> <laughs> I found this. I, I was just in the HEB and I walked by this and I saw. I said Natty Daddy. Mm-hmm. No lie, Natty Daddy. So there's a few pertinent numbers going on here. Yes. Okay, the pertinent numbers are: it's nine dollars. Okay, for a fifteen pack. Nine fifteen of eight percent beer. Oh, that's why it's Natty Daddy, I suppose. <laughs> like holy yeah, yeah. Toledo. Well, you know it can't taste good because those oh. other numbers are too. You know. Uh, we'll I wonder if, if it, I need to bring it in and do a blind taste test on that. We'll see if it makes the list of twenty beers. To I mean, avoid. I would say like I don't really want to buy fifteen of them, yeah. but as long as like nine bucks, yeah. <laughs> like, <that's> a, <laughs> it depends on what you're what you're shooting for. If what you're shooting for is <laughs> it's like a dollar twenty a beer, or something inexpensive like that. inebriation, which or, is I mean almost what we called the show, by the way. Less than that's a less than a dollar a beer. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So you you know pack, pack that up and you do your uh, three dollar cigar or your a uh, dollar 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 sixty cigar. cigar yeah you're you're in good shape. Well, uh, the next beer we're going to try is uh, not quite that inexpensive, but it's also not ridiculously expensive. Let me tell you the quick story, by the way. And I kept referring to this beer. I had to go look it up. Uh, I had I kept referring to it as moon pools and caterpillars. Uh, instead of dragons and yum yums, for some reason my brain went. That was apparently moon pools and caterpillars. I couldn't figure out where I'd even heard that. Uh, so I looked them up. They were a Filipino American rock band based in California back in the 1990s. So uh, it's not moon pools and caterpillars. I, I don't know any of their songs, but uh, it is dragons and yum yums. And I'll show this to the camera. And there were a couple things that interest me about this, but when I first tried it, <coughs> excuse me, I did not uh, see the bottle. So I did not know the connection to one of the greatest bands with a bad singer ever, The Flaming Lips. The fl- and I'm not kidding. The fl- I mean, Wayne Coyne from The Flaming Lips. Do, do you he, realize? He, he cannot sing. He, he, can't, he can't stay on pitch. And yet, I love this band. Like, I've always loved The Flaming Lips. They're amazing. Like, I, um, you know, we mentioned Flaming Lips, life. and I literally have... Yoshimi versus the Pink oh, Robots stuck in my head. It's a great song. It's an amazing, it's an amazing it's, album, too. The whole too. album like, is, wow. is great. Uh, so apparently, uh, Dragons and Yum Yums was inspired by, uh, or actually, let me get this right. I'm going to go to the Dogfish Head site and read you exactly what it says. Uh, it says, um, 
It's a, fir- uh, a first-of-its-kind beer and vinyl collaboration with the Flaming Lips, a sensory-enveloping in- experience at the intersection of creative beer paired with creative music. The energy of this union inspired Flaming Lips frontman Wayne Coyne to use ingredients from the beer, dragon fruit, and yum berries as characters in two original Flaming Lips songs, The Story of Yum Yum and dragon and pouring beer in your ear making it the first beer with its own theme song <laughs> so now i tried this at um flying saucer downtown i've never even Houston. heard of this yeah well i hadn't either uh my wife and i walked over one uh, sunday i was going to go down to our uh, our, our buddy's uh, cigar store down there uh, that's uh, that's downtown and it's walking distance from our place so we took a walk over there and we were going to go into mccoy's fine cigars got there only to find out oh man they're closed on sunday i never even paid attention so there we were i was like what do you want to do i said well flying saucers over there let's just go sit down and grab something to eat and and, and get some beers so i got uh, one of those choose your own beer flights right mm-hmm. where you can make whatever you want so i'm looking at the beer menu and i'm looking for things that i haven't well, tried pause for a second if you haven't been to the flying saucer by the way yeah oh it's the flying great. saucer has many 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 beers yes they do like their tap wall is like what is it like 30 feet 40 yeah. feet long i just want to go and support them because you know how much beer they have to pour out because you can't use up every tap, and they've got so many. Yeah. And so unlike a place that has five or six taps, you occasionally pour out a little bit here or there. These guys have got to constantly pour out beer, I'm sure, just to keep things fresh in the tap. But anyway, uh, love the guys. And uh, I was looking for beers I hadn't tried to, to try on the flight. And one of them was Dogfish Head, Dragons, and Yum Yums. I'm like, I'm in, you know, not knowing anything about it. Well, apparently this beer is uh, brewed with dragon fruit and yumberry passion fruit, pear, and black carrot juices. The only one of those I could probably identify, if you just like gave it to me uh, individually, would be pear. Everything else, <laughs> everything else, I'm not sure I would know. I just you know, wish what they'd that use was. interesting ingredients. Yeah, I know. If, if these guys would try something different, well, I can tell you, I love Dogfish Head for the simple fact that they're ridiculous. Yeah, they are, and they're ridiculous in, in a beautiful and Absolutely. inspiring sort of way. I can't think of a single beer. That was an awesome sound, by the way. I like the little <laughs> the little drop. I'm working it. I'm working it. I'm a sound effects uh, man. I can't think of a single beer that they make that isn't over the top and ridiculous. Well, I can tell you that I loved this in the tasting, and so I started looking for it and couldn't find it. Oh, no. Yeah. So I actually happened That's upon how they get some you hooked. at Specs. I was at Specs downtown Smith Street, and they had some in the individual... Uh, like make your own uh, six pack type uh, section. Mm-hmm. So there were two of them. So I grabbed them both, and then I tracked down our buddy Joey mm-hmm. and said, "Do you have this in any? Like, I, I want more. Do you have this in six packs or anything?" And uh, he didn't have any there, but he was able to identify some at another store and have them hold it for me. And I drove across town and bought another six pack. <laughs> uh, nice. Uh, but that's just it's because apparently what I found out is it is a seasonal release. Uh, we weren't sure when I was talking to Joey if it was uh, a one and done or if it would come back. I can't totally tell. It does not say it's a one and done uh, on the website, but its release is April through August and its first year was this year for 2018. So um, <clears throat> I'm thinking 
that hopefully this has done well enough that they'll continue to release this uh, seasonally. But you never know with Dogfish Head because they, you know, they're just such an interesting uh, brewery. I can't, I can't quite figure. They them are out. not afraid to put out the weirdest beer you've ever heard of, and then only, and then keep it as a regular beer. Yeah, I was going to say, or yeah. sometimes not. Uh, yeah, exactly. So Dogfish Head, if any of your guys are listening here, we would love. Uh, well. We haven't even done the official tasting, but I can tell you, having tasted this before, I would love for you to put. I'll buy it if you put it out regularly. I will definitely. This is so buy fragrant. Me some dragons and yum yums. Now it sounds like, and it looks like because it's kind of got a kind of a super bubblegum malicious uh, sort of look to the bottle. If you take a look at it, so I was, I would have been a little bit worried if I hadn't tasted it before that this is going to be one of those way too sweet and fruity sort of beers. I, you but, know, I'm just smelling it, and I have to tell you, uh, it's <clears> so. Fragrant. It, it almost is. smells like, like an amazing dish soap or something like that. Yes. Like it doesn't smell soapy, but it smells like no, that but, kind of fragrance. Well, like it's so rich. I have some and ridiculous dish, that it can't yeah, be real. You know, I have some of that dish soap right now that's called Essence, and it like smells so good when you're washing the dishes. Right, right. You, so you, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not totally nuts. Right? You know it's an artificial flavor, but <laughs> an artificial smell, but uh, but it's it smells so delicious. Well, this is so fragrant. It kind of reminds me of that, just because like it can't be real, right? Mm. It just mm-hmm. it's so fragrant, like. Well, what wait, actually smells like? Wait that. until you taste it. I, I'm I'm really excited for you to taste this because I I, I became such an over, and such an instant fan. That has so many levels of interest. Yeah, it, it, it's it's as complex. It, it is as complex as a craft it's beer. Still going as the best complex cigar is as a cigar. You know where you're getting all these different flavors. So this uh, and I had no idea going into this. This mm-hmm. so first off, it's got a little bit of tartness to it. Yes, it does. And I'm assuming Which, that that is the at all. that that's the yum berry, but I don't know. It could be the dragon. Yeah, fruit. it's a little like um, like a little underripe uh, mm-hmm. a, a kind of tartness to it that I kind of like, or like 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 a crab apple kind of mm-hmm. tartness, yes, yes. right? You know, but in a but in a really not not too jarring sort of way. It's kind of a gentle. It smells uh, so good. Yes. Well, it's interestingly enough. It's got a sort of a tropical smell to it. I don't know if it tastes as tropical as it smells. No, there's a uh, there's an interesting kind of citrusy thing that goes on across the middle of the flavor. I think I'm pretty sure that's the hops. This is it is a pale ale is what the core beer of this is. So, um, but the man, the finish I love this on one. it is like just so interesting. It just keeps going and developing. I think this is one of the most complex beers I've ever had that I would also describe as refreshing. I think, yes. You know? Okay, I, I will go with that. I think that what this is going to actually take is a sit-down with one of these mm-hmm. and and a notepad. I got five more. <laughs> I'm taking you up on one. <laughs> this, is, this is so incredibly interesting. I, I don't even know if there's Time to taste it and, yeah. and to get it out on the show. Even I love this beer. In fact, this may now be my favorite Dogfish Head, which is going some because I would have told you that the ninety minute IPA was my favorite. Ninety minute IPA is so good. I, it, it's good and as good as the one twenty is. I still prefer the ninety. But well, and oh I've boy. said it on this show before. I think the ninety minute might be one of the best IPAs in existence. Dragons and yum yums. Yes, you know. I wonder what if we had to rank. Well, we're, we're going to do this. We've talked about this off air. We're going to do a series of shows. Maybe after the one hundredth, we'll start these, and we'll do one style of beer per show. And you and I will rank our own personal 
top five, top five. that we've ever had in that style. Oh. So we'll do IPAs one week. We'll do stouts one week. We'll do uh, amber ales one week, and so on and so on. And so what are the best that, that we've ever had, that you've ever had? So this will give us a chance to, be fun. to, uh, to play with that. And what I'm, what I'm going to hope that listeners will do is come onto the Facebook page and post their, okay, here's my top five favorite IPAs. And yeah. here's my top five favorite stouts or whatever uh, the beer is for that week. So hopefully we can get people to uh, to you know communicate with us on it, and uh, then we'll you know we'll share people's favorites. Yeah, we so can read some favorites on there. It'll, see, it'll be it'll be a blast. So okay, so um, we're uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, take a break. When we come back, first thing we're going to uh, find out what kind of a craft beer Ian is, and then we're going to be tasting some Brixton Mash Destroyer. It is a mashup of bourbon and rum from John. Jonathan Drew's new spirits company, and I'm really excited, and I have no idea what this is going to taste like. So <laughs> That's so interesting, I'm sounding. Stoked. Yep, it's smoking and toasting. It's show number 96. We are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant uh, in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth, Texas, and at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston. We'll be right back. Dogfish head. Dogfish head. I just love this. It's so tasty, isn't it? Welcome back, my friends. It's smoking and toasting. It's show number 96. Uh, We're going to get to 20 beers to avoid at all costs uh, in our final segment. Uh, But before we get there, uh, we have got to take this quiz. And and I'm going to use Ian as the... The perfect person to try this on. Now, I, I uh, for years I did uh, a morning show on a top forty station, uh, and because the audience we were targeting was the female audience, I actually had a subscription to Vogue and Cosmopolitan because I wanted to see. <laughs> right. Well, if, if you're you wanted to be in right, touch with, want to the... be in touch with my feminine side. No, I want yes. to be in touch with the uh, <laughs> with with the audience. Right? What are they talking about? And so one of the things I noticed about those magazines is they would have these quizzes for women to take, and it'd be like. What kind of a dog are you? And and you would answer these questions and go, Oh, you're a poodle. Oh, you're a Weimaraner. Oh, you. Or what kind of you know what kind of shoe are you? Oh, you're a stiletto. Oh, you're a whatever. And it would all depend on how you answered these mm-hmm. questions, right? And I would take a few of them just to kind of see how bogus they were, or what it was really about, just to see. Okay, I'm a guy taking this. Let's see what it says about me. And <laughs> and it said. You're a guy, but you're still a stiletto. Well, apparently I was a labradoodle. I don't know what that means, but uh, but apparently that's that's how it came out. But anyway, so I found this quiz online. What kind of a craft beer are you? And I started to take it, and I was like, no, 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 wait. We have to do this on the show, and I have to ask Ian. So, uh, Ian, there will be nine questions, and you have to choose one of the multiple choice answers. I'm ready, Alex. And I have to pick one in order, you know, so you can't go on none of those match. You'll have to pick the closest one in order for us to be able to advance to the next question. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready, Alex. All right, uh, time Go on the board? Go with your first question. Time on the board? Near, 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 near. <laughs> I'm glad you got my uh, reference. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, all right, question number one. Uh, and this, by the way, I'll, I'll give you the uh, we'll give you the web address in the show notes. Are there multiple wanna, answers to this? Wanna, yes, there are. There's, okay, so you're going to read that. So you're going to read the answers. Uh, yes, and then you pick one. And then I'll pick one. Okay, all right, and there's, and there's nine questions, so here we go. Number one, when you go out, Ian, how do you choose your beer? A, I like a good bargain. B, taste is key. C, anything new. Or D, it's all about the logo. Which one of those most correctly describes how you 
wood uh, dish. Definitely B. B, taste is key. All right, so I'm going to punch that one. All right, that will take us to question number two. I like this. <laughs> Ian, who is, don't name them, there'll be four choices, who is your favorite bartender? Is it A, the home brewery craft beer guy? B, the one of the guys girl? You know what that's like, right? You know, the girl bartender that's like, kind of like one of the guys? C, the hipster mixologist? Or D, the guy you're friends with? Uh, D. D, the guy you're friends with. All right. Uh, selecting D. And this takes us to a very philosophical question, Ian, for number three. All right. Beer is A. Yes. The greatest oh, invention of mankind. B. I'd rather have a cocktail. C. Wine, please. Or D. Always welcome at my house. Beer is the greatest invention. Well, of I, I actually I think I might have blanked out when you said B and C, so <laughs> I have to go with A, probably. A, A, so the greatest invention of mankind. So again, it's which which of these close most closely resembles how you yes. would feel. So well, uh, I would usually I would usually bear, pair that down to a simple statement: beer, good. Beer, good. Beer is good. good. Yeah. All right. So the greatest invention of mankind is what he chose. That was A. Uh, now, question number four. <clears throat> I don't know who any of these people are. Okay. Uh, who would you like to have a beer with? A, Michael Grady. B, Big Joe Stasniak. C, Dan Dakich. Or D, JMV. Do you know who any of those people are? Okay. Okay. No, I don't Is feel there so bad. Is there a C? Well, okay, so it actually doesn't matter because I like to have a beer with pretty much anybody. Okay, so hang on. Because I like having beer. Before you choose, let's let's go to the millennial board. Uh, Adam on Wheels of Steel. Do you know who any of those people are? He's saying no. Okay. Tiffany, anybody? No? Okay, good. So I don't feel so stupid now. Because <laughs> I, I didn't preview any of these questions. Does anybody out there know who any of these people yeah, are? Uh, wow. Uh, if anybody knows, hit us up on the comments on Facebook Live. Okay, Michael Grady is a Big Joe Stasniak, and maybe that's it. Maybe these aren't real people. Maybe it's about... Maybe it's just about how their names sound. How their names sound to you. Michael Grady, A. B, Big Joe Stasniak. C, Dan Dakich. Or D, JMV. Uh, I'm going to have to go with the Big Joe one. Big Joe Stasniak, that's what I would have picked, too. Just because just just of the name. Sound. Yep. All right. Here you go. Like, I don't know if that's a real person, but here if we go. If anyone knows who any of those people are, please let us know. <laughs> I'm feeling really stupid right now. Uh, number five, and there's nine questions, so we're a little more than halfway done. Huh. How do you deal with the morning after? A, hair of the dog. B, greasy spoon. C, workout. Or D, sleep. Greasy spoon. Greasy spoon it is. All right, that's B. And we move on to question number six. <laughs> oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> you buy beer in a A, six-pack, B, growler, C, case, D, keg. Now, um, you may buy all of those. But, I have done all of the above. Right, yes. So if you had to choose between six-pack, growler, case, and keg, which is the way you would most normally buy beer? Man? Most normally I buy a six-pack because yeah. that's the most available thing. However, 
some of the higher end grocery stores now have the area where you can get the growlers, and mm-hmm. I almost never walk by one of those without getting a growler. Just props to Jugs, by the way, the the, the yeah. place where you can go in and get your growler filled. The, that place is awesome. But I would and have to put down six pack just because that that is literally the way I buy my beer most of the time. All right, six pack it is. I'm going to choose that one. That was a. Uh, two questions left, Ian. <clears throat> I'm so nervous. Oh, now see, uh, this is. We may have to skip this, or maybe you can just pick one. Uh, what I'm finding is that this uh, quiz came from a website from Indianapolis, and I didn't realize any of the questions would be Indianapolis-based. Ah. So question number seven is, which indie spot would you like to drink a beer in? So I'm going to give you the four names, and you just pick the one you like I'll to sound up. Okay. Which indie spot would you like to drink a beer in, and not indie as in independent, but indie as in Indianapolis? Is it A, Broad Ripple? B, Mass Ave, C, Fountain Square, or D, Georgia Street? A. A, Broad Ripple. Just because it says Ripple, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. It uh, had the coolest name. All right, and uh, question number eight. W- which of these places would you rather be? A, a beer garden. B, barbecue at friends. C, a local pub. Or D, at the game. Uh uh, barbecue at Friends. Barbecue at Friends. All right. That this takes us to... Toss up between that one and Beer Garden. All right. Here we go. Number nine. Oh, this is good. This is really good. You drink your beer in a... A, can. B, bottle. C, pint. Or D, solo cup. <laughs> You've been on this solo cup campaign. You know where we're going You've with this. You've got to choose solo cup. You know cup. where we're going with this. All right, so we're choosing solo cup, and that is the ninth question. And now I believe, <laughs> is there any sort of computer sound effect on that thing or anything that's even close? Because I'm going to hit solo cup, and now uh, that's no, uh, that's let's, close. Let's see what oh. else we got. Uh, no, I don't know. That's not it. So now, believe it or not, I have to enter my email on this thing. Uh, they're collecting my email for a database. Um, I have to enter my email before it'll uh, let me know uh, what kind of beer you want. So, I totally, Ooh, I like that one. I totally should get your email, but we'll uh, give them your email instead. But we'll go. <laughs> All right, here. So you have to email it to yourself? Is that what's going on here? I don't know. I'm going to click continue. Uh, oh, birth date. Wow. Okay. Oh, uh, so this I'm, is getting more involved yeah. here. All right, Ian. Um, here, choose your... I'm going to pass the computer over to there. Choose your birth date and hit submit. Um, uh, I, I, that way you don't have to give it on the air. While he's doing that, by the way, let me remind you that we're brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Fort Worth and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Uh, I'm sorry, 1815 Washington Ave in Houston and shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. And that we are very excited about our 100th uh, episode of Smoking and Toasting. Did you submit? Are you looking at the results right now? I am. Oh, see? You, I'm going to let you say it, though. Are uh, you going to let me read it? All right, here we go. It says, oh, my goodness. I think I just backed it up. It said you're a pilsner. And here's what it says. You are simple and direct. You may appear quite uh, You may appear quite and not a fan. I, I think they actually may have misspelled this. I think they mean quiet. You, are, you may appear quite and not a fan of drama. Probably quiet and quiet, not a fan of drama. drama. But see, I don't think of you as being all that quiet. I, I get the not a fan of drama part. 
totally totally see that in you. But can I actually be a style of beer that is not one of my favorite styles? Of beer? I don't know. Well, uh, you know, it's these these quizzes are a bit unscientific. Well, now here I'm doubting myself now. Yeah, because it, that's written. That's on the interwebs. Maybe it's because it's you, true. Maybe it's because you picked Tracy McGrady or whatever the guy was. <laughs> big, Joe. Big, big Joe. Big Joe Steisniak. So, Well, you know, I, I honestly I feel like the the final result of that was a little anticlimactic, don't you? I. Yeah, I'm thinking so. Okay, so why don't we then just move forward to something that I hope is moving anti- right along, anticlimactic. Nothing uh, to see here. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I'm glad we didn't do that in the first segment. Nobody'd still be here. Um, but uh, but don't worry, we got the twenty crap, twenty beers you want to avoid at all costs, and you will want to hear that list. Okay, I'm going to open the spirits now, and this is a rum. Uh, a bourbon rum mashup from Jonathan Drew's Spirits Company, and not bad. Well, that made a funny little noise on the end of the cork pop there. I have to back the tape up and hear that. So, all right. So, what we're pouring here is a bourbon and rum mash from Jonathan Drew, who does absolutely nothing in a traditional way. I mean, this guy, no, when it comes to cigars, I mean, he has been doing the. Um, you know the most sort of unusual things with cigars, and it's interesting because um, the first Jonathan Drew cigars that I tried, the first Drew Estates, were the acids, and I will tell you that I did not. It was not the first infused cigar that I tried. The first ones that I tried were Lars Tetons, which I really, really liked at the time. Although the the quality did go way down on those, and I uh, found that I uh, eventually liked the acids much better. But uh, but he didn't start in the cigar biz. In any kind of a typical way, because no, like infused cigars, like especially if you're looking to be a well-respected cigar company, I mean, it's, there's because there's some people that just won't smoke an infused cigar no matter what. It's just not their thing, right? You know? But you know, so here's the thing though: the Drew Estate infused cigars are actually high-quality cigars. Well, they are that, that are infused, so they're not. It's not like a clove. It's not like oh, yeah, uh, ugh, you yeah. know. But some of that stuff is so sickeningly sweet, and the yeah. Drew Estate uh, infused acid cigars are not that way. It's no. it's more of an almost like an essential oils type of vibe. Yeah, that and they it's have. a good quality cigar every mm-hmm. time. So too, so, so um, it's going to be interesting to try this. And I'm so we're going to try their Brum. Well, this is really interesting because on or, the nose, Brum or Brum or, or Rourbon. Rourbon? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to stick with <laughs> that's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, I'm just gonna stick with uh, Brixton Mash Destroyer, the bourbon and rum mash. It's not too long to say. Um, <laughs> that was that was a lot. On the, yeah, it is a lot. Uh, excuse me, bartender. Can I have another brum? Or excuse me, bartender. Can, can I, I have a Brixton the- Mash Destroyer, a rum and bourbon mashup, please? <laughs> <laughs> Something about that strikes me as funny. I'm not sure why. Uh, okay, Ian. Here's the thing. On the nose, I get both the bourbon and the rum. It's it's actually it, funny how much of each of those which, pop out, which it doesn't seem like you would be able to do. Like, it would seem that one would kind of. Oh, I get the almost like honey sweetness of the rum, but there comes that sort of almost rye uh, smell uh, of the bourbon. Very interesting. I wonder. I wonder who thought of this. Like, I would never have thought of mixing the two spirits. It this might have been one of those happy accidents. Yeah. You know, do you want more sir port in the same glass? Mm-hmm. Whatever, you know. Um <laughs> Wow. So this <laughs> You know, I, I think a couple weeks ago we had uh, uh a whiskey that made me think of this too, but for some reason, or maybe it's just me, I don't know if I'm nuts or whatever. But um 
there's a bubblegum flavor to this. Was that the Bob Dylan whiskey that you it said was, was bubblegum? It was, I think, yes, yes. Yes, the Heaven's Door from Bob Dylan. Uh, but you said not in a bad way. No, but this has like even more of that. Well, what I'm guessing is that's the sweeter taste of the rum kind of balancing underneath. I get the I get the uh, the bourbon on top, almost like a rye. And then underneath is yeah. this sweeter uh rum taste. It's almost like I get the bourbon on, like on the on the top of my palate and the rye uh, the uh, uh the rum on the tongue. I was, sorry, I was looking at, my wife is making this face over there. I don't think she's a fan of it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Would you drink this? Um I would like to try this with a cube of ice, I think. Mm. I'm willing to bet that some of the different flavors would be interesting. That there's a there's a kind of a Yeah, I'm I'm sticking by it. It tastes like bubblegum. On the retro hail especially. See, I know what you're talking about, but I kind of like this. Um, I don't not like it. It was I would like to try it, like I said, with a cube of ice, maybe even a splash of water. The one thing I will say it is it is not gimmicky tasting. You know what I mean by that? No, like I it, agree. It doesn't taste like oh yeah, this is like like you know you get some uh, some flavored spirits like the flavor really works. Like I think of uh, Tito's grapefruit vodka, for example. Like it just that flavor just works. Yes. And then I've had some where it just tastes gimmicky. Like like it's the spirit with a flavor added. Like it doesn't taste like it goes together. I would love to see what kind of Manhattan this would make. This does seem very non-gimmicky to me. I find it interesting. Like this is one uh, I would probably keep on my shelf because it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of fun. And actually, the more sips I have of it, the more I kind of like it. Yeah. It's growing on me you too. Know? But it's got a lot of sweetness in it that I wasn't expecting as well. Like even more than most rums or whiskeys, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sweeter than both of those. So it makes me think like it's almost a mixed drink as is. Um, maybe even a whiskey sour. Mm-hmm. Nah, maybe not the lime. Um, I don't know. This, Let me ask you this: What if, would you mix with this? If you were, um, if you were a bourbon drinker interested in getting into rums, or a rum drinker interested in getting into whiskey, would you recommend this to them as a a, a good sort of a gateway? Well, you know, on paper, it's it's exactly makes, that. You makes know? sense, right? Makes perfect sense. But I'm not I'm not sure. I pick up on the nose mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the whiskey elements that we're talking about, but on the flavor, I get a little more of the rum character. I think is what's happening now. There is the. Uh, whiskey kind of smokiness going on there that you don't always get in the rum so it's it's mm-hmm. interesting it keeps pulling in one direction and then another well i would say they've succeeded in what i'm guessing knowing you know the bit that i know about jonathan drew that the fact that we're even talking about it for this long he would consider a success like the fact that it's keeping us interested yes it, and, and and that it's that it's different you and know all I mean? the things we're talking about here are pretty good like it's yeah. it's a good tasting liquid i want to show this to, to the camera this is the brixton mash destroyer i would highly recommend this if you're out for something totally different because mm-hmm. this is very different this is this is very jonathan drew though because mm-hmm. he has a different approach to stuff so what exactly is brixton mash destroyer it says on the bottle uh think of it as a mashup collaboration between very high quality spirits such as kentucky bourbon and florida rum 
which is in the bottle that you're about to experience. The journey journey begins with our well-aged, craft-sourced core spirits. Uh, since they are an NDP, they depend on strategic partnerships. So in other words, they don't do the distillation themselves. They uh, they you know partner with other right. distilleries and and pull in the kind of spirits that they want to um, to combine. It says the blending process uh, where we wisely finesse our uh, core high quality spirits into a new taste profile. We've created a number of BMD blends for your experience, but this is the first one. Bourbon and rum, this is the first to hit the market. So, so fascinating. My curiosity is, you know what I'd really like to try? I'd like to try one of their Drew Estate cigars. With this With spirit. this, and one of the infused ones, because I think that would be interesting, because what occurred to me- Ooh, a Cuba Cuba with this would be good. Right, right. And you know the flavor that they put on the end of those cigars mm-hmm, is yeah, very it's, it's, similar to what I'm tasting well, in here, that's so that's it's familiar. So I'm wondering if that's just part of uh, Jonathan Drew's palate, like he really appreciates that, sweetness. that sweet flavor. Right, yeah. right. Could very well be. Well, this is one, I will say this, this may be one of the most interesting spirits we've ever tasted on this show. I don't know if it's the best, but boy, is it interesting. And, yeah, and interesting in a good way, not in a... a we've had two very interesting ones yeah, today. Yes, we have. <laughs> and you know what's coming? The 512 Brewing Company double pecan porter from bourbon uh, barrels. I still oh. want to make a Manhattan out of this. I want to yeah. try it. All right. You, uh, you work on that. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back with 20 beers to avoid at all costs and one that I have a feeling we're very likely to recommend. <laughs> there you go. It's coming up on Smoking and Toasting, show number 96. On the beach in Hawaii. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. It's show number 96. And uh, we're brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant, 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Ian, I'm going to tell you this. I like this better and better the more of it I have. And I don't mean that in a, boy, the more you drink, the better it gets. I don't mean it in that way. But like, I look pretty now. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. But I will tell you, this is the Brixton Mash that we tried in the last segment. And I'll tell you, like... The more I sip this, the more I like it. It's it's really agreed. It's really a a, a flavor combination that is growing on. Agreed, and uh, I think we were talking during the break too that I think that this with uh, especially a Jonathan Drew uh, Drew Estate cigar mm-hmm. would probably even with uh, you know that one they have that is is it called Dirt? Do they have one called Yeah Dirt? Yeah I love those something like That's that. That's one of my this. favorites that they make. It's is just the so dirt er- natural. that earthiness would be yeah. so good in combination with that. So, so we'll try that. We'll uh, we'll grab a couple of those cigars and uh, uh, we'll do some research, research. Uh, externally on the show and get back to people. We By work way, hard when you're not watching us. Well, we do, and because we work so hard on this show, and we do actually, you know. Uh, uh, but I feel really compelled to say this on behalf of smoking and toasting. My erstwhile co-host Ian Barry and uh, Adam on the Wheels of Steel. I would just like to sincerely apologize for the "What kind of beer are you?" quiz that we took in the last segment. <laughs> that was like the lamest thing ever. I mean, it, was, it really was. Like, uh, I was expecting that to be really good, but on purpose, I hadn't gone through it before the show to see what the questions were because I thought we'll just let this unfold. So well, I think that it, lends an authenticity you know, it, to what it, we do. It's a live show, even if you're listening to it, you know, and it's been recorded or or, or, or you know, watching the video after the fact. 
we do the show live. This is so, a live broadcast. Yeah, it is yes. a live show. So uh, if something doesn't work, it just doesn't work. Ian, that didn't work. No, not so much. <laughs> but this one you're going to like. 20 beers to avoid at all costs. We're going to go through this list, and then we're going to – I'm going to lay this on you. This is the uh, 512 Brewing Company out of Austin, Texas. That bottle Texas. has me drooling. Oh, look at this. It didn't look fantastic. That's gorgeous. Whiskey barrel-aged double pecan porter ale brewed with pecans and aged in oak whiskey barrels. This is the 2017. Oh. And uh, thanks to our friends over at Jugs. Well, I say you want to lick that bottle. It looks so I don't, good. I don't really know the guys over at Jugs, but I'm, I'm calling them my friends because I got so much good beer there. <laughs> oh my god, it was so awesome! All right, uh, plus it's called Jugs. There's a great website called Drinking in America uh, that you must check out because not only do they have some great lists, they're also quite funny. And I'm gonna. Uh, bring you some of their humor as I bring you this list from Drinking in America: <clears throat> Twenty Beers to Avoid at All Costs. This I, I really, really enjoyed this. So I'm just going to say in advance, this will not be like the uh, like the quiz. The what kind of beer are you quiz? This will be much better. <laughs> uh, ben Franklin once said, "Beer is proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy." Uh, we're pretty confident. They say Big Ben wasn't talking about any of these beers. Uh, here is a list of the twenty worst beers in the world. This is actually according to Rate Beer, uh, but the list I got was from Drinking in America, and so it's their editorial comments that uh, that we'll enjoy. Uh, we like to think these beers are dedicated for broke college kids who can't afford to drink anything better, and we get it. Sometimes a Bud Light is the best it's going to get. But here are the beers to avoid when you've got other options. Right off the top, number one, Natty Light. <laughs> but but it doesn't say Natty Daddy. No, no. It, it actually just says Natural Light. It says re- relied on only for its buzz-inducing affordability. So that fits right in with <laughs> oh, what yeah. you were saying, right? Yeah. Uh, number two, Natural Ice. Oh, <laughs> As stated in Urban Dictionary... Also known as Natty Ice. Yeah, Natty Ice. As stated in Urban Dictionary, they write, what a skunk would taste like if it were liquid. <laughs> so I told you this is going to be a good list. Nice. This is this is so good it will redeem the, uh, the uh, quiz segment from earlier. Uh, number three, have you ever heard of this beer? I have, but I haven't had one. Sleeman Clear. Uh-uh. I've heard, heard of, of but clear? I haven't, yeah. haven't had it. Described, it says, as clean and refreshing, but we think it's more along the lines of bland and boring. Uh, number four, Milwaukee's Best Premium. <laughs> Historically known as The Beast. There's nothing, the Beast. There's nothing best or premium, they write, about <laughs> this beer. Uh, number five. Uh, number yeah. th- well, no one calls a good beer the Beast. Yes, that's right. That's exactly right. I think the Beast actually refers to not only the beer, but the hangover that you feel after I think the beer. It could very well be true. Think of it as the. Um uh, you know the uh, strawberry wine version of beer. Like uh, what? What am I thinking of? Uh, the uh, um, Boone's Farm Strawberry Hill. Oh, think, right, think right. of it. Yeah, very hangover-inducing. Yes. Uh, number five, Michelob Ultra. They write no many. No matter how many actors they get to endorse it, this beer just isn't going to happen. No. <laughs> uh, number six, uh, Camo Genuine Ale. It says. People only drink this for the 8.6 ABV. Now, uh, now are you familiar with Camo? No, you know? I'm not either. So it must be from a part of the country that I haven't uh, uh, that I haven't lived in. Number seven, Budweiser Select 55. It says compa- conceived to be the lightest beer in the world and compared by reviewers to Bunny Pee. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's pretty bad. Can you think of any pee more disgusting probably bunny than pee. bunny pee? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, number eight, Milwaukee's best light. Maybe Milwaukee's worst. They write. Number nine, Miller Genuine Draft Light 64. Uh, accompanied by a hashtag 64ing social media campaign. Just no. They write. Uh, number 10, Bud Light Shalata. Ugh. Pre-mixed Bud Light and Clamato. They write. Excuse me while I gag a little bit. They write no, no, and no. No. <laughs> uh, number eleven, Keystone Light. They write always smooth and always tasteless. Uh, number twelve, Keystone Premium, the more elusive yet just as tasteless Keystone. <laughs> uh, number thirteen, Bud Light, the crappy beer that no one will judge you for drinking. That, I guess that makes some that's, sense. Right? That's fairly accurate. Uh-huh. Yeah. Number 14, Bush Ice. They're right. The only thing refreshing about this beer is the snowy mountain peaks on the can. Well, you know, I've often said that those uh, cold activated cans are what we refer to as an early warning system. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's right. <laughs> I think that's right. Uh, Bush Light, which I've had. Uh, light, sweet, bland, carbonated also water. Also cold activated. Yeah, light, sweet, bland, carbonated water. Uh, number 16, Beer 30 Light. They write, and I'm not familiar with this, but uh-uh. I think I know where they're headed here because they write, for $12 a rack, you get what you pay for. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Uh, number 17, Old English 800. Oh, yeah, buddy. You only purchase this beer if you're planning on playing Edward Forty Hands. <laughs> <laughs> right? Edward Forty Hands. Uh, that's right. Well, so I've told you about 80s night, right? That's yes. when you bring two 40 two ounces. Yes, exactly. That's that's Edward Edward 80 Hands. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> number 18, Labatt Sterling. Oh. If you enjoy beer, they write. You won't enjoy the bad Sterling. <laughs> <laughs> run away, run away. Uh, uh, number 19, Budweiser Chilada. <laughs> really, they write, just an awful 24-ounce Bloody Mary that gets warm before you can finish it. And finally, number 20, Ice House Light. Consume Ice House to appreciate how cheap it can be to get drunk. And there is the list of 20 beers to avoid at all costs. Originally, apparently, from Rate Beer. Uh, but uh, but uh, I brought it in from uh, drinking in America. That's so a hilarious go and, go and list. I thought it was great. I thought it was good enough, again, to probably redeem us for yes. our sins uh, from uh, uh, segment number four. All right. This is a beautiful bottle that, in a way, I'm sad to open because it just seems so wonderful and pristine. Don't be sad. But I'm not that sad. Because two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> I love that. All right. And I just meatloafed you. Let me just uh, let me just read you this uh, real quick. What's inside? It says five one two double pecan porter is a robust porter accented by organic Texas grown roasted pecans and subtly enhanced by aging uh, in recently emptied oak whiskey barrels for two months. And then they go to say what you can expect on the uh, on the tasting notes. I won't read that. I'll let us uh, find the notes ourselves uh, instead. I don't know. But I'm also really excited about how much of this I'm holding in my hand. Right now. <laughs> the sheer volume. Yes, the volume. Uh, is I don't know me if excited. the rest of the country gets this, but uh, pecans. Mm-hmm. That's fresh kind of a Texas thing. Roasted, isn't pe- salted pecans are so good. Isn't pecan the official tree of Texas? Am I wrong about that? I don't know. I think it might be. I know blue bonnets the flower, 
But I was thinking pecan might be the official tree. When I was a kid, we had pecan trees on our, like in our yard. Yeah, I got a pecan and, tree and, in my yard. In fact, that would be part of my job is to. Although uh, I, I never harvest the pecans because mm-hmm. the chipmunks. Uh, they harvest them for you? The squirrels <laughs> harvest them much faster the pecans, than I do. Yes. The chipmunks <laughs> and the squirrels love the pecans. All right, so I can tell you just from pouring this, the uh, it's not it's not the most viscous uh, thing that I've ever poured, but uh, uh, it is definitely dark and foreboding. And, foreboding, um, yes, foreboding. We need now, creepy this is music a right now. This is a double pecan porter, so it's not just a pecan porter; it's a double. And I'm very interested to. Uh, ooh, ooh. This is very interesting. I do get the pecans. Mm-hmm. Do get the pecans on the mm-hmm. nose. Uh, but yes, I'm I also do. getting an almost like a wine vibe on the nose. So first off, this is thick enough to almost be like wine. Mm-hmm. Um, it sticks to the glass a bit. I yes, kind of does. appreciate those things about it. It has a huge mouthfeel mm-hmm. and a little bit of the uh, viscosity, like it coats the mouth. When you take a sip of this, like it is everywhere in your mouth. If it weren't so porterish, it would almost be like a wine. You know what and I mean? A lot of porters have some of those coffee mm-hmm. kind of elements, a coffee dryness to the taste. And this is so delicious. Mm. Like that porter flavor and the pecan. So the pecan porter is a beautiful, beautiful beer in the first place. Okay, yes. because if you've ever it had, is. if you've ever had like hazelnut coffee, mm-hmm. okay, right, so right. just perfect example. Replace the coffee with porter because porter has some coffee flavors mm-hmm. to it, um, and then replace the hazelnut with pecan, and you have this just amazing thing. Uh, this tastes like you aged it in whiskey barrels, which is exactly what they did. And then they take yeah. this and put it in whiskey barrels now. Like, I don't know what in life you wouldn't like to have aged in whiskey barrels. Like, even my clothes, I'd be happy with that. <laughs> like, because <laughs> I'd smell delicious at all uh, times. <laughs> Ian, I know, like, you're, you're just like a friend and stuff, but you smell delicious. <laughs> I know. Like, I'd have people following me. <laughs> but uh, this is this is fantastic. Um, I think the extra age plus the... Uh, Plus the whiskey barrel adds uh, some of that viscosity to it, and and that smoky kind of. Mm. There's a little bit of that smoky kind of bourbony taste. There's a little more sweet to this on the front than the regular pecan porter has, and our, a little more bitter snap on the end. Our tech guy, like John Whitesnide, kind of is going to John Whitesnide oh, is going to freak out. Yeah, over he's going to lose his mind. He's going to lose his mind over this because he's such a porter and stout kind of guy. Uh, but yeah, this nah. is really interesting because. You can taste the sort of genesis of the Chocolate. beer mm. as that original 512 pecan porter. It's in there somewhere, but there's so much more going this on. This has that bitter chocolate, that like mm-hmm. that dark, the dark, that dark, almost like, that crumbly dark chocolate. Right, kind of right. This it. has that kind of flavor wow. and bitterness to it. It's a. Uh, yeah, it's pretty darn good. Ian, of the barrel-aged things that we've had on the show, would you put this near the top? Oh, I would definitely put this towards the top of yeah. that. Like, because you generally like the barrel-aged things, whatever they are. Oh, I mean, this, that's, this makes that's me right happy. In your What's the percentage but, on this? Because uh, you don't even taste. Like, there's no alcohol taste in this at all. It's all chocolate. It's all like dark. It, it, this is like chewing a brownie, like a dark chocolate brownie. By the way, the bottle is numbered, just so you know. This is bottle number <laughs> 3,093. Uh, looks like it is 75% organic ingredients and alcohol by volume. I'm having trouble reading it. 
Um, yeah, this. I'm gonna boil this down. This tastes like a whiskey soaked pecan filled brownie squeezed into a glass. Uh, the label is folded right it's where it so says. Good. I believe it says nine. That wouldn't surprise me, but you maybe taste it's none nine, of it. Maybe it's nine point five. Um, but yes, it's you're right. It doesn't have a big alcohol uh, flavor to it. No, it's just got almost none. It, what you really get is the dark chocolate and coffee, and then that and then that pecan, that pecan, and then the oak dryness on the finish mm-hmm. is wow. so good, so complex. Really, really. Today's complex. been complex, hasn't it's it? Been a com- <laughs> <laughs> Except for the Robert Earl Keen beer, that was pretty straightforward. That was honey and that damn quiz, which wasn't <laughs> complex at all. But uh, you know, you, you, you no, know. that was perplex. Yeah. <laughs> you, tr- you try some things every once in a while, and you hope they work out. And, and sometimes, sometimes you find sometimes a gem. you get, and sometimes you get. What was? Wait, it won't stop that? laughing. Oh. Uh, there you go. Okay. Well, you know, uh, I couldn't stop crying actually during the uh, bit. Uh, the, the, <laughs> I just uh, wouldn't stop the, laughing. The quiz, but uh, well, uh, this is this has been quite a show, and it has been. There's been a lot of complex things on the show, from the bricks and mash uh, to the dogfish head uh, to now this, and I'm just uh, well, I'm just kind of marveling at this because this is this is really like no other porter I think I've ever tasted. It's just really, it's pretty amazing. Mm. Really in there. Well, uh, before we go, very quickly, I want to pass along uh, what I think you and uh, your lovely wife will perceive as some very good news. After staying clear of the U.S. for more than 60 years, Guinness has announced it's opening its first brewery in that long in the United States. Following an $80 million million investment, the new brewery is set to open near Baltimore on August the 3rd. It will include a visitor center, a 270-seat restaurant, and a tap room. It will also create around 200 jobs for that region, according to Diageo, which owns, uh, that's the brand owner that owns uh, uh, Guinness. They briefly opened a brewery in New York from 1949 to 1954. I don't know why that closed, but it closed in 54. So it's, you know, it's been, been gone for a long time. Guinness uh, released an official statement saying the USA is probably the most dynamic and exciting beer market in the world right now. And put simply, we'd like to be closer to the action. Having a brewery in the USA will help us understand and respond to trends more quickly, as well as brew smaller batches and get them to market faster. This is all good news. So I want to point out, too, that Guinness over the last, what, four or five years has been putting out other brews other than their stout. Like, yes. They hadn't done that in a long time. Right. And they put out uh, an American Blonde Ale. They put out um, actually quite a few different ones. And they're all good. Like, they and they are, do several different versions yes. of Guinness, too. That is Right. A, they have the extra stout. Right, and they have exactly. the Guinness draft and... I have the pub draft, and they have the uh, the regular Guinness Stout. I have an, a Guinness Anniversary Stout that I've been saving for the oh. show. I should bring that in next week. Hmm. That may have to be on next week's show. A little Guinness Anniversary Stout action. Well, I've just I, I, kudos to Guinness for for like they were a little late in keeping up with the times, but mm-hmm. when they came out with the last bunch of different beers that they have, they're all good quality beers. Like they're all good. Yeah. They and are, yeah. and how cool is it that Guinness? Put out an American style ale. Yes, well, I thought that was really cool. Like that's, you know, 
awesome, and yeah, it's good. It really Obviously, they've got their eyes on yeah. the American market and, yeah, they, and are, are wanting to pay more attention. They see where so. it's going. So, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would like to thank uh, Adam, our producer on the Wheels of Steel, for uh, keeping the show rolling this week. I'd like to thank uh, 512 yes. Brewing Company in Austin. Yes. Yeah, for existing. Thank 512, you guys. You guys rocked that one. <laughs> yeah, and uh, just want to apologize again for the, uh, for the, you know, the quiz, and I'd also like to apologize that... We've run out of time for sampling the Mumford & Sons IPA. We're going to get uh, to that. We'll get to that next week. That line will uh, forever be in tribute to our, uh, well, we don't know him, but I would like to think of him as a good friend in spirit, Mr. Anthony Bourdain. So, uh, Have a great week, my friends. We will be back next week with show number 97. And, of course, don't forget that the 100th show free-for-all is going to be just way out of hand, and that's coming up. Plus, details next week. Can we do a promo for the 100th uh, sure. uh, show and do have like the guy with the monster truck voice? Oh, the the 100th show <laughs> for two <laughs> days only. Yeah, yeah. Beer, beer, beer. <laughs> um, so yeah, Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, so we'll work on that and we'll uh, get better at it. And we will also um, uh, tell you uh, co- next week we will reveal. The first smoking and toasting official event, and you're invited. Mm, I'm so excited about that. It's the whiskey sniff. We'll tell the you about it next sniff. week. We'll tell you about it next week. Have a great week, my friends, and uh, thank you so much for enjoying this program. Uh, from uh, the bottom of my bottle of five one two double pecan porter 2017 from uh, from Austin, Texas. Uh, we wish you a great week, and uh, as we always like to say, cheers. Cheers. Cheers.